and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. Wild Earth Australia is the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code Peak Endurance, that's Peak Endurance, all one word with caps, to get 10% off at checkout. Now, who doesn't like saving money? Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation and you can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run, or you can find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Episode 131 is a bonus episode and it's an interview with Sean Butler, author of the amazing sci-fi book Run, Lab Rat, Run, which has Barkley Marathons as one of its inspirations. So if you love sci-fi and you love running, which I'm sure you do, you are sure going to love this book. I'm just letting you know we had some technical difficulties at one point, so that is why there is a cutaway in the middle. But don't worry, we got it all on track. If you do enjoy this episode, would you be able to do me a favour and subscribe and write a review? I really appreciate your support. Now, as I have so few coaching places left, I've started a new program, Peak Mindset Coaching. This is a one-on-one coaching session conducted over Zoom and recorded for your benefit so you can keep it, designed to specifically suit your needs of developing a peak performance mindset and approach to running. This will also be limited as it is a highly personalized service. So I recommend quickly getting onto my website, peakendurancecoaching.com.au and filling out the form to get yourself on the waiting list. Enjoy the episode. By the way. Hi, Sean, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, um, can you tell the listeners who may not know you, and I'm guessing some of them won't, a bit about yourself and maybe a bit about your athletic background and that sort of thing, just to start us off? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm pretty sure that almost nobody knows me, so I'm happy to talk (laughs) about it a little bit. Uh, My background is entirely in uh, tech. Like, I worked in the tech industry for 20-plus years, 
um, largely online media, video streaming, things like that. So during that time, I did a lot of uh, athletics, but nothing professional. So I did a lot of um, skiing, and a lot of mountain biking, and uh, more recently in life, I did a lot of uh, running. So uh, mostly ultra distance, mostly just training, not a lot of races, but something I really come to love. I think partially inspired by seeing the Barclay Marathons in 2013 and kind of going from there. Yeah, no, we'll get to that in a second. So can I just ask why you choose not to really race? Um, not really a choice. Um, I did several uh, races in 2015 and 2016, and I've been plagued ever since by a sort of chronic Achilles and plantar fascia problem. So um, I've gone through periods of like great training, followed by being immediately injured before a race, followed to being injured during a race. And so I've been pretty cautious the last couple of years. I hope to race again at some point in the future but yeah. I just can't plan around it. So yeah. until I can train a little more regularly, it's been hard to kind of plan around. Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Um, no, like you said, you're, you're uh, got interested in Barclay and you tend to be interested in all things Barclay. What, what particularly sparked that interest? Um, I think it was just that it sounded really crazy. Um, you know, I, I was never a runner growing up. I never really liked running on the street. So what got me into running was really going hiking and then hiking faster and then running. So I love the outdoors and trail running aspect of it. And then when I saw the Barkley movie, I saw a bunch of lunatics in the woods running around, um, having a great time. And that seemed to me like the best possible way to enjoy the outdoors rather than running on a fixed course or something else. Um, and that and the extremity of it and the uh, personality of Laz, I think made it just seem really fascinating. Yeah, so, I mean, um, obviously, if, without taking your, your injury into consideration, but would you ever consider entering yourself? Absolutely would if I could train enough for it to do it well. I mean, I know that they only let in 40 people a year, um, yeah. and those slots need to be held out for elite athletes like yourself who can do the training and possibly succeed and do at least one lap. Um, but until I can do one loop successfully, I wouldn't even bother to apply. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll have to get that that sorted then, won't you? I really will. Yeah, I even <laughs> signed up for the Barkley uh, Fall Classic a couple times and had to drop out both times because of the injury. So I'm oh, still no. planning on it when I can. Well, um, I believe this last one was very, very muddy and slippery and quite, quite challenging in that regard. It sounded like a blast, actually. I love weather. Like I know. <laughs> I saw some <laughs> video footage and it looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'd much prefer that to like hot and humid. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you love Barclay so much. You even wrote a book based on it, Run Lab Wrapped Run, which we can see in the background there. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell the listeners a bit about the book? Sure. Um, it was inspired by a number of things. Obviously, one of the most Barkley. So yeah. the race structure in the book is based on the Barkley, the five loop structure of the book. Uh, and because of that, Laz actually read it uh, before it was released and kind of approved it. So make sure it wasn't anything terribly stupid. And he wrote the foreword for it when it came out. So I'm pretty honored to have that his participation yeah. in that. Um, so there was the extreme running aspect of it. Um, there were a couple other inspirations. Uh, one is that there is a um, climb around uh, Southern California and uh, United States is very famous called Cactus the Clouds. It's a run up and down um, Skyline Trail up the top of Mount San Jacinto out of Palm Springs. Uh, that, the FKT on that route is held by uh, Brett Monty, who is also of course favorite in the or winner of the Barclay Marathon and the course record holder. So that kind of inspired me as well to kind of put those two things together. Um, and then lastly, for reasons that I don't really want to go into, my family has kind of a strange history in um, eugenics and um, genetics. And so I wanted to write a book that pretty much um, declared pretty much everything that they stood for as ridiculous and dangerous. <laughs> so it was about genetic engineering and the dangers of genetic engineering in, in future yeah. societies. So. 
Yeah, yeah. So I mash those yeah. three things together into a race about genetically modified runners. Yeah, yeah, no, and and obviously I've I've read it and and I loved it, and but I have to say your vision of the the future is a scary one, um, mm. like you said. Um, and I was got my next question was how did you get those ideas? So obviously you've had some pre history with those sorts of ideas. What is it about those eugenics and, and genetic engineering that you um, are worried about? Um, I, I guess I worry about two separate things. So I guess they come together. One is that we tend to slide into doing things that seem horrific from a distance in gradual steps. So yeah. if you look what's going on right now with a technology called CRISPR, which is about essentially genetically modifying the animals or people to cure diseases and things like that. So it's very targeted way of doing genetic modifications. It's relatively new in history. It's the first time that gives us the chance to really change people in a fundamental way uh, forever. So you can change them both of the, the um, you know, their, so their children actually change as well. Um, yeah. And what that yeah. means is we might start off doing things like curing diseases, like genetic diseases, um, but then it will inevitably come to, oh, I want to cure some things like, I want my children to be taller or better looking or run faster or have bigger lungs or stronger spleens or whatever the thing is popular at a point in time or that can be sold and packaged up by a company um, into the world. Mm. So it seems almost inevitable that we'll reach that point in the next couple of years where you'll essentially have wealthy people being able to buy traits for their children that no one else can afford, right? Yeah. Which brings me to the second concern, which is that the inevitable sort of combination of genetic engineering and class, right? If you look at that, what's gonna happen is just like medicine today, where the rich people get the best medicine and the poor people take what they can afford, right? And with genetics, what happens is the rich will essentially be able to bioengineer their own children into a better class of people. So both the uh, class of genetics and the class of um, you know, monetary class become essentially the same thing. And I think that's a pretty terrifying prospect. It's not yeah. like we live in a society that doesn't have enough division already. I would hate to see a division that's sort of genetic division that becomes a permanent way of looking at class and people. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's um, primarily why I find it such a scary, um, future because right. because of that yeah um now you wrote the book from a female perspective why did you choose to do that you know i've been asked that before and i don't really know the answer uh i wrote my first book which is actually coming out later next month um from a male perspective yep. and what people inevitably asked me when i they read the book was oh is this you is this not a biographical <sighs> sort of representation so I think I just got tired of that question. <laughs> and I said, I'd like to write about someone who clearly is not me. And so I made this yeah. a, a mixed race woman running a marathon. So clearly that was not me. <laughs> yeah, no, and did you find it difficult to, to write from a female perspective? Well, I, th I think maybe the question is that I find it difficult to write it well from the female perspective. I didn't, the character I wrote at first um, seemed okay. I ran it through several uh, women readers and runners to make sure I had a captured a woman expressing herself as a woman and not just a guy expressing himself through a yeah. woman. But I think I got there eventually. I would say at first that I had sort of a, uh, a brusque personality on the character. It took me some time to soften the edges out, uh, make it yeah. seem more female, I guess. And and to be honest, I mean, she is a strong character. So, I mean, that's that's fine as well. Okay. No, it's very important to me she come across that way, but not that she come across as sort of me with, you know. No, no, no. Face. No, no, no. I, I didn't think so at all. Um, and what are your thoughts on a woman finishing Barclay? Do you think it'll ever happen? I hope so. I very much hope so. I, there's no reason why not. Um, yeah. I'm kind of blanking on the name right now. I think John Kelly, um, who's a finisher of the Barclay, wrote an essay uh, from a sort of data perspective about women finishing the Barclay, with his perspective being that um, it was certainly possible. 
And I 100% agree with what he said. I see no reason why a woman shouldn't finish Barkley. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that women has finished yet. Um, the only caveat I would say there is that if men keep finishing the Barkley and Laz keeps making it harder and harder over time, it will be harder and harder for yes. that to happen because there's that component of both endurance and strength and navigation and tenacity, all those things that come together where you have to cut down at that perfect race, right? To be able to finish the Barkley. And so I hope that a woman finishes soon enough to inspire other women to know it's possible so that people stop worrying about it and just start running the race, right? Regardless yeah. of gender. So I very much think it's possible, but I think it should happen in the near future if possible to make it easier for everyone else. Yeah, I, I agree because um, Les does keep making it harder and yeah. thus it gets harder, which obviously is his goal. But um, I do think Les does want a, a female to finish. Absolutely, yeah. I've never seen otherwise. I mean, he seems to let in a fair number of amazing athletes yeah. like yourself to run the race. So um, I think Cordy DeWalter's been in there. Uh, I know she yeah. has an interview. Uh, and Maggie Gurl. By the way, I don't know how you say your name. Is it Maggie Gutterl? Gutterl. Gutterl. I apologize. Yeah. Maggie Gutterl finishes so I, or I run it. So amazing athletes like yourself running yeah. the race. I think it's inevitable that they'll finish over time. So. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really, I really hope so. And it'll be an exciting day few yeah. days when that happens <laughs> yeah i mean did you see when um when courtney finished the utmb this year oh amazing hey and the crowd was I mean, like you were just so excited right i think how excited yeah. they'll be about the bar thing yeah yeah so. yeah that's right no um just as it's sometimes hard for for runners to get out the door to run every day i, I assume it's the same for authors how did you <laughs> motivate yourself to write every day or did you write every day how did what um, talk, talk us through not... your writing process Oh my God, my writing process is kind of a mess. So in the writing world, there's two kinds of writers and novels. They're called pantsers and planners, right? So people who plan out a novel, people who just kind of go by the seat of their pants and start writing. Um, I'm very much in that latter category, sort of I write what comes to my mind and I hopefully get a plot out of it later on. Um, I'm yeah. trying to change that because you end up throwing a lot out and rewriting a lot, as I've yeah. done with the books I've written so far. Um, so my writing process now is more about trying to sit down every day and write, um, do a little bit of marketing on the book that's already out there, trying to sit down and do some more writing, and then plan a little bit for the next day so I don't just wake up in the morning, have my cup of coffee, and then stare at the computer for an hour wondering what's going on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's trying to be more disciplined about writing, you know, a couple hundred, couple thousand words every day. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so do you have to work on the, like, when with running, I say, you know, it's not about motivation to get out the door, it's about discipline. Would you feel it's the same? You know, I'm not sure, like, I... Like I said, I didn't. I got running fairly late in life, um, but I found that um, nevertheless, trail running is pretty much one of the only things I truly, really enjoy and love doing. So, given the opportunity, I will run out the door and go running on a trail all day <laughs> if I yeah, can. Yeah. Right? Writing for me is not quite like that. Running, I, I really enjoy writing and the process of writing when it's going well. But when I'm sitting there staring at my computer very often, I'm like, no, oh, I'd rather be running. So it takes a certain amount of discipline just to sit there and to do the work of it every day. And there are times for a week when I'll have great inspiration and creativity and it'll flow and it'll feel perfect. And there are other days when I'll we'll stare at the computer and check Facebook and look out the window and do nothing at all. So <laughs> it very much depends. Oh, I feel so much better knowing that you do that yeah. too then. <laughs> very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was especially I, I... true during COVID because I'm not the most social person and extrovert, but what I did notice is being locked down in my house all the time, I had this desperate need for social interaction that wasn't being met and it sort of interfered with everything else. Um, yes. So I couldn't focus on my writing or anything else. And so as soon as I could get outdoors and start running again and running with other people, a lot of that went away and that kind of anxiety went away. But that was yes. definitely an issue during lockdown. I mean, I can't imagine how you're still handling it, but 
For me, oh, I need I, to I know, I, interaction just to survive, yeah. <laughs> right? I know the feeling of anxiety. That's pretty much constant during lockdown for me anyway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, so, oh, well, that's, that's, that's interesting. So how are you going to make yourself be a planner then? <laughs> well, I think it's just trying it over and over again until it sticks. I think it's a lot mm. like running, right? Um, I'm trying to move my running to being more of a hill striker, being more of a toe striker. So that takes concentrating when I'm running on the flats or on relatively small uphills. And so I'm trying to work on that to improve my form a little bit. And it's the same thing with writing. Um, I'm trying to write outlines and then trying to actually stick to the outlines. <laughs> so far, mixed results. But the novel I'm writing is supposed to come out in February has an actual outline and a structure to it, which I've managed to stick to so far. So. If that works out, that will save me a lot of time and energy and hopefully be motivation to keep repeating that process. Mm, I just I just find it interesting and uh, yeah, really interested in, in knowing all of that. Now you had a couple of options for the title of this mm. book. What made you choose Run, Lead, Rap, Run? Um, well, I went through a lot. I, I don't know if you remember, but I had like 55 different cover options and different names and everything else. Um, and I could not really pick one uh, for a long time. The initial yeah. uh, title was just Modified. That's right. Uh, that was it. And a lot of people were like, that's kind of a boring name, doesn't really say anything. So I went around looking for better names. I went through some really terrible names. My friends really hated. Um, <laughs> and then for a while, the book was called um, Dead Girl Running, Ooh. which sort of had a thriller kind of aspect to it, which I yeah, kind of yeah. like. But it turns out, of course, that it's already a book uh, that came out two years ago. So oh. I didn't want to call it the same thing as some other books with the same name. Um, there you go. So I ended up with a Run Lab Rat Run, largely because A, it came to me and it seemed to work. And B, because play on words actually works for the sequel um, and the one that comes out after that. So Okay, so we were just talking about how you chose the title and you said you'd had a few different ones and you chose not to use modified or um, what was it, Dead Girl Running? Dead Girl Running, yeah, because Dead Girl yeah. Running was already being used by another author. And so, so then, um, anyway, I went looking for other names that were better or different or available. <laughs> and I stumbled <laughs> upon uh, Run Lab Rat Run because it fit a pattern that I wanted to be able to use for future books in the series. So that's right, um, yeah. the next book in the series has a similar title uh, with a different play on words. So it allowed me to kind of keep playing that out throughout the trilogy. Yeah, no, and, and that's good to be thinking in advance as well, I guess. So what's the next title that people should uh, be looking well, out for? I'm not going to tell you just yet. It's still a working title. Um, okay. But it fits the same pattern. So you might think of yep. something like die, lab rat, die, or something like uh -huh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I find also just it looks good on the cover with the with everything three letters, you know, like. Yeah, so that's the idea to maintain that pattern going forward. So yeah. you can probably figure it out if you go look for all the three-letter yeah. words that have something to do with running. <laughs> you kind of figure it out. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Now, is there anything you've wanted to, that I may not have touched on about the book that you'd like to, to share with the listeners? No, I, I think one of the challenges for me was that I think when I started writing, I thought, oh, I'll write a book about genetics and running and the Barkley Marathon. There'll be so many people interested. And what I kind of realized from a marketing perspective is I narrowed my niche market down to a very small number of people who liked all three things. So I've learned from that a little bit. So I'm still kind of marketing uh, about it. So it's actually important for me that people understand that even if you don't ever run at all and you're not an ultra runner, it's still just hopefully a very good science fiction book. You don't oh, need yeah. to have any of that background to run in. Um, I think that was a sentence. So um, try to overcome that a little bit with the marketing and try to make sure people understand that it's just a science fiction book that you can read. Uh, yeah. But obviously, if you like running and you like the Barkley, you'll find even more there of interest for yourself. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I just find um, 
it was, a, I mean, I like science fiction, so that helps. Um, I, I loved it. And, and I, I really found that you created, like I could really imagine it. Your words created a, a very good picture in my, in my head. Yeah, did you like so, the character herself? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she had her moments, you know, but, um, <laughs> as we all do, I guess. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she's a, she was a, a tough character. But I just find, like, uh, all the genetic mo the modifications, I, I, yeah, I find that made me feel nervous, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it, but, yeah. Um, but but in, a, in an, an enjoyable way of the book, but, like I said, to me, that vision of the future was scary, and, and scary because I know it is possible. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm not glad it made you nervous or anxious. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you have enough of that. But yeah, I'm glad but, that but, it came across that way. Yeah, and, and it wasn't nervous and anxious, like bad, like lockdown. It's it's more like I like it when a book makes me feel something. So right. it was good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to go. I've got my little lucky div box of questions, and I'm going to okay. ask you sure. a couple of questions. And let's hope it works. All righty. Let's see. All righty. Would you rather, and you've got to tell me why as well, would you rather be rich, famous, or happy? Wow. Um, interesting. Um, I think personally, I'd rather be happy. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, a life where you're rich and famous but miserable doesn't sound like a lot of fun. No. Um, and, you know, I've had my moments of depression and anxiety in my life, so I know what that feels like. So I'd much rather choose a life where I don't feel like that most of the time. Having said that, from a political perspective, if rich and famous meant that I had the ability to influence the future and make changes to make the world a better place, I could deal with a little bit of unhappiness. So it sort of depends yeah. on what, you know, the mix of things is. I'd like all three. Yeah, I mean, I'd love all three, quite frankly. <laughs> well, I can live without famous. I'd just like to be rich and happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All righty, that one's no good. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, it's just because these are ones I used to use with the school kids, you see. So that one's oh. related to school. Well, hopefully yeah. I did almost as well as the school kids. <laughs> yeah, no, you did very well. And most of them chose happy, but sometimes they just choose rich. They didn't care. Didn't um, care. What do you like to do for fun? Uh, I like to run when I can run, obviously. Uh, yeah. I also do a lot of hiking still. And in the yeah. winter, I'll tend to do a lot more um, skiing when there's good snow in the mountains in Southern California, which has been a pretty bad couple of years, but hopefully more skiing. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, getting out every once in a while to actually see friends and sort of enjoy life, so usual stuff i would not yeah. mind going back to the beach and having a drink on the on the beach with some friends I'm looking that, forward to that that sounds really good <laughs> yeah. yep all righty last question what foreign country would you like to visit oh well there are a lot of them um, i would say australia of course so i'd love to go oh, don't recommend it <laughs> not right now <laughs> but i've been to australia i had a great time the people were wonderful so i loved australia yeah. i loved new zealand um, but honestly, right now, all the pictures I see online that make me crazy and sort of like travel hungry are either of Norway or Iceland. So yes. just beautiful trails and outdoors and the majestic scenery and just the raw nature um, looks really exciting. Plus, I think that right now, Killian Hornet lives in, uh, lives in um, I don't know if it's Sweden or Norway or Finland, but yeah, he's living somewhere where he's doing a lot of outdoor running in one of those countries where it's stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't mind <laughs> partaking yeah. a little bit. How about no, yourself? I yeah, oh, I agree that I would love to go personally to Iceland or and then also I'd like to go to Nepal. Oh, Nepal, yeah. Mm, yeah. Have you been there? I have not. Um, I thought a long time ago when I was climbing mountains, still I'd like to do Everest. But ever since mm. Everest became kind of a tourist hotspot, I've yeah. sort of lost interest in that. 
Uh, I'd still like to do some hiking in the uh, Himalayas, I guess, just to see yeah. the other mountains. I'd like to go to K2 for base camp trek, things like that. Yeah. So many places to go, so little time and money, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plus in lockdown, you can't really travel, so it doesn't help. No, no well, we can't <laughs> even go out of our suburbs. So kind of, yeah. Oh, that's no good. That's no good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I have we'll a question there. for you. So yeah. have you, I mean, in your mind, if you're if you're training for the Barclays, and I guess, am I allowed to say that or ask that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Then are you training for it now, or do yeah. you start training at a certain point in the future, or what's your plan? Because I no, you're doing no, navigation no. training, and I wasn't sure if yes. that was part of it. Yeah, the navigation training is for Barclay. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yes, I am basically training for Barclay. I'm, no. I mean, I still have to re-enter and do all that sort of stuff, but yeah, it should hopefully okay. roll over, yeah. And was there something you learned from the last time that you're focused on, especially other than navigation? Um, the navigation, basically, and right. being faster at the start. Oh, at the start, okay. You yeah. thought you started off too slowly? Yeah, um, I did because to be able to keep up with um, the veterans, you need mm -hmm. to go faster because they try to run away from those the, the virgins, you see. Oh, yeah. So I guess in order to make sure you stay on the trail easier, it's better to follow the veterans, but they probably want to drop you for the same reason. So. Yeah, that's right. And also, and that's why I need to work on the nav to ensure that no matter what, I'm, I'm okay on my own. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that sounds very exciting. I can't wait to see you there. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. fingers crossed. It all it all comes together. No, I'm sure it will. It better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah better. I know. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, if people want to buy your book, what is the best place for them to go to? Um, they can search for uh, Run Lab Rat Run on Amazon.com or on Goodreads if they want to go that way. Um, yeah. They can also go to my website, uh, SeanCButler.com, uh, S-H-A-W-N-C-Butler.com. If you want to do that, yep. but if you look for run lab rat run online, you won't have any trouble finding it. So it's pretty unique. Right. Well, I'll, I'll put those links in anyway. Um, okay. And what about if people want to follow you on socials to see what's happening with your books and that sort of thing? Is there any way? Uh, I'm on Facebook that? under Sean C. Butler, author, very clever yeah. name. Um, <laughs> and I'm also on Twitter under Sean C. Butler. I think you can find it that way as well. And I can send you those links as well. If you'd like. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you very much. It's been great. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. So what do you think? Interested in getting Sean's book? If you are, head on over to the show notes to get the link and buy the book. I know you will love it just like I did. Now, if you think you have an interesting story to share, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au and you might end up being on the podcast too. Now, if you got value from this episode, I would really love it if you could share it with a friend, either on social media or just a direct link to them. But if you do share it on socials, don't forget to tag me so I can thank you. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out there on the roads and trails.